0: welcome to fundraising events during each episode we will chat with an influencer in the event industry who has been instrumental in helping nonprofits raise more funds our goal is to share helpful tips tricks and stories that will empower you to raise more with your future fundraising events this episode is brought to you by give sign up run sign up your fundraising event experts next time you have a fundraising event try give sign up run sign up whether it's a run walk ride golf tournament gala or fundraising campaign Raise more, save time easily with the GiveSignUp, Up purpose-built supporter engagement platform. Get started for free today at GiveSignUp.org. I'm Brian Jenkins and I'm joined today by Mindy Conklin. Welcome to fundraising events, Mindy.
1: Thank you, Brian, so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, so, so um, fun fact about Mindy is that I think we could have done this in person here relatively soon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're both in Richmond, Virginia. Um, so maybe just to start off, can you tell a little bit um, about you, uh, Mindy?
1: Yeah, um, I am uh, Mindy Conklin. I was born and raised in Virginia, love Virginia, moved from Northern Virginia to Richmond to raise my children who are now 27 and 29. And um, unfortunately, they lost um, their, their father, my husband, 10 years ago. Actually, we just passed the 10-year mark um, due to colorectal cancer. And so um, Richmond is just such a philanthropic community. We just love living here. And I resigned from my career and started a, a colorectal cancer prevention nonprofit. So I've lived here just about 26, 27 years, but the last 10 years have really been dedicated to bringing um, education and awareness about colorectal cancer to Richmond and the, and the whole state of Virginia.
0: Yeah, so let's talk uh, about hitting cancer below the belt um, and, and your your mission. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, we first started um, as just the 5k um, race and um, Mm -hmm. gosh we're in our ninth year the boxer brief 5k is in its ninth year. And um, the first two years in 2013 and 14 we raised money over $50,000 and we cut checks and we gave all the money away to national organizations. Um, Nothing wrong with that, of course, but then we extended our board membership and we had an advisory council and we realized. There are some really strong needs here in the Richmond community in regards to colorectal cancer education. Um, free clinics were needing screening um, tools and um, programs. Um, health departments, we needed to partner with health departments. So we thought, you know what? Let's continue with the 9, with, excuse me, with the 5K, raise money and actually start doing things locally. So we started that in 2000, the end of 2014. And here we are now. Um, A colon health colorectal cancer prevention organization that provides services across the state of Virginia, um, direct services, as well as um, large educational campaigns, especially with our large inflatable colon. We travel all over the state with our large inflatable colon.
0: I'm guessing that uh, is an eye grabber.
1: It breaks, yeah, it breaks the silence for sure. And it makes people a lot more comfortable about talking about their colon, which is their large intestine and part of the final part of the digestive process. So a lot of folks don't like to talk about that.
0: Yeah. And so are you guys um, surely kind of funded through your fundraising efforts or are you guys now getting foundation and grant funds as well?
1: Yeah, we um, primarily rely on our fundraisers. Quite okay. honestly, now we do have some, um, some grants that come in. We don't we don't go for government grants, but we do partner with other larger organizations, um, such as PolyMedco. They um, they are manufacturers of the FIT colorectal cancer in home screening kit. So they come alongside alongside uh, us quite a bit. Um, exact Sciences comes alongside of us at times. The medical hospital systems here in Richmond have been very supportive, especially when we um, when we're, we're offering an event. So they also um, partner with us. But um, primarily, yeah, it's it's events, the fundraising okay. events.
0: Well, that's great, and that's because that's what we're here to talk about is uh, uh, fundraising events. Um, I don't think there's a lot of people talking about this, and I think everyone always has questions. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the boxer brief. Um, 5K. Uh, you mentioned kind of uh, you know when you started, but let's let's talk about the the event and kind of how it's progressed.
1: Yeah. Well, originally it um, gosh it was it was at one location about nine years ago, and then um, this is in Rockets Landing, so you know where Rockets mm-hmm. Landing is being in Richmond. But then they developed more townhomes and whatnot, so we had to move it, and then we moved it over to Stony Point Fashion Park, which was a fantastic, fantastic venue here. Um, But now we're moving it over to the Richmond Kickers, um, which we have much more space and we're more in the city of Richmond, if you will. So I think there's great access for folks coming like from the North, the West, the South, that sort of thing, because we're gonna be right in the middle of the city of Richmond. So our venue has changed and actually our reach has changed quite a bit, actually. Um, Pre-pandemic, this was really a reunion for many teams um, unfortunately, because someone has past due to colorectal cancer. So, yeah. you know, we had, um, gosh, you know, dozens of teams that would come back and use this 5K as a reunion. Um, and they still are. Some of, most, uh, I would say most of them are still coming back in one way, shape, or form. But because of the pandemic, we now actually, we call it a cross-country movement because, we did offer a virtual race last year and this year we're a hybrid. So um, it's really, our reach has expanded, our venue has expanded um, and more folks are taking notice in regards to um, you know, wanting to get involved in one way, shape or form, whether it's um, volunteering or actually sponsoring the event.
0: So you, you mentioned the term hybrid, let's make sure we define that um, yeah. for the audience. Um, can you define what like a hybrid event is?
1: Well, it's not just virtual and it's not just on site i would consider a hybrid as offering both so it's mm-hmm. one event it's the same event the boxer brief 5k it's the same weekend same event however you have an option whether you, you want to stay home in richmond in your own neighborhood or participate out in california um which we did have folks participate out in california last year when it was all virtually so and yeah the important
0: part i guess for the participant is um they could sign up for either
1: either, either one are
0: choosing yeah
1: yeah. and I, Actually, I know we'll talk a little bit more about the virtual piece. We've kind of we've kind of um, added a little twist to our virtual piece this year, and I'm really excited about it. I think people are going to love it.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about the virtual challenge. You, you mentioned it's a cross country. Last year was a cross country virtual challenge. Are you doing the same or are you are you changing it a little bit?
1: Yeah, we changed it because since we can meet on site and that's a 5K on June 12th. Last year, we did the whole weekend. The virtual challenge was like the whole weekend. And it was a 5K, if you will. So, um, and people, we didn't, since this is a race for a cause and and there's not too many competitive runners, we weren't asking people for their times or whatnot. We were asking people for images, you know, show us, how are you doing your 5K in your hometown? Um, But this year, because of one of our board members, family members, who's out in actually California, he had his race t-shirt on. And he was walking the golf course. And that's how he was walking his 5K, was playing Mm -hmm. golf. And I thought that is brilliant. So um, this year, what we're doing in regards to our virtual part is um, folks can collect miles. So we're trying to collect 3,100 miles um, collectively of all the virtual challenge folks. And they can walk, ride, run, swim, or paddle. So it's just all about miles. So if you're a triathlete and it's all weekend long, you can go out and run at 10 miles on Saturday and then swim a couple of miles on Sunday and just input that into run sign up uh, about the miles that they've collected. And so I, I think it's really fun. I just got a message from a friend of mine who said, well, I'm signing up this year because I'm not a runner, but I, I'm not a runner, but I love to paddleboard. So I'll paddleboard yeah. all over the reservoir. I'm like, great. So it, it really is just makes it a whole lot more fun.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then so you, so then you have a cumulative goal, and you can kind of several times that weekend kind of bump people about, you know, uh, where they are in the challenge, as well as like encouraging people to um, upload photos. Um, and that's where I think virtual kind of shines is if you can get people on your Instagram page or Facebook page, uploading photos, yeah. I think that's where, where it's more fun.
1: Yeah. And we had a team, um, a soccer team that was using it as a reunion, but a virtual u- reunion. And so they all had their race t-shirts on and somebody was in Utah and somebody else is in New York and they're showing their hometown. So it was a great way to actually, re- you know, gosh, I guess, gather together virtually and show each other um, their hometown and whatnot. So it was, it was neat. It was a neat experience last year. We're bringing that back this year. Well,
0: that's great. So let's talk a little bit about the um, uh, the in-person part. Um, So not many people, uh, a lot of nonprofits are hesitant to do in-person events. Um, First of all, just finding a location um, that would be open to hosting that. So let's talk a little bit about your venue and how you kind of uh, were able to secure the venue and a permit.
1: Well, um, we used actually the um, City Stadium, which is home to the Richmond Kickers. We um, used their parking lot last year, as because it's a rather large parking lot, as packet pickup for the virtual component of, or the virtual, the whole virtual race last year. And so um, that got us speaking more with the powers that be, you know, Rob Ucop, Dream and Nunley, Camp Perry over at the Kickers organization. And, um, and I warned them last year, I'm pretty pushy. I said, well, you're giving us a parking lot this year. Have you ever thought about maybe offering the 5K, the whole event here? And um, yeah, they've been on it. So they are like, this is great. And I am pretty sure they want to continue to, this is not just for our organization. This is something that they would like to open up to other for other community events as well. Um, now the Richmond Kickers had already been open during the pandemic during some soccer games if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks had to be socially distant they you know minimized how many um, you know attendees would come in uh, fans would come in they had to wear masks that sort of thing so, they've always been open. And so I think it's a way to get people into the stadium. It's kind of a win-win partnership, if you will, because of the pandemic, they want people to experience the new stadium. Um, And again, there's ample space. Uh, So it really wasn't a hard sell. It just seemed to be like a great partnership. The timing was right. And and like I said, it's a win-win for both organizations.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, The kickers are trying to do whatever they can to start getting people at that stadium buying tickets, thinking about um, this is an activity that they can do. So community Mm -hmm. events makes a ton of sense to me. Uh, I've seen similar um, opportunities at uh, racetracks. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like you know, RIR is is a vaccination location. Um, You know, other uh, motor speedways have been um, you know putting on events or um, some sort of community pickup or something like that because they're extremely large spaces. Um, that know how to operate now during the pandemic.
1: Correct, correct. And they're, they're just so wonderful. Every um, on site participant is getting a free ticket to a game. So, oh, it's yeah,
0: a- that's great. Bringing them uh, back.
1: Awesome. Yeah, bringing them back to the stadium.
0: So, uh, some of the concerns or feedback that I've had from other nonprofits who are looking at in person events is um, kind of uh, pushback from sponsors. So how have your sponsors responded to the fact that you're doing this uh, hybrid event, but it does have an in-person option?
1: Backup plans. You need to have a backup plan. And that mm-hmm. was one of the main questions from um, our, our sponsors that were with us every year. What's the backup plan? You know, are you having a virtual option? Can you, can you quickly move to a virtual piece if necessary? Last year, what we did, um, we had sponsors come on pre pandemic you know january february our races in june so all of a sudden everything shut down now governor our governor northam he actually did us a favor it upset a lot of virginians but he shut us down early i don't know if you remember that brian but i think it was like in march he shut us down to like june well that made the decision for me really easy we can't gather and i knew that early so we were able to immediately switch all virtual so it wasn't like a we had a you know what to do what to do the governor made the decision for us that we could not gather So early. So um, I could easily then get back to the sponsors and start chatting with them about, you know, some of some other options. So instead of them being um, on site in 2020, they could be on site during the packet pickup social mm-hmm. assistant, that sort of thing, have their stuff, and at the same time, those lead sponsors that were going to be speaking, and be, you know, the head sponsors of the race, we gave them, we do a small little podcasts, we gave them a podcast, that they could chat about anything, so it was a recording about Um, one, actually, I wanted to do a podcast about breast cancer. And they were like, is that okay? Because we've got some new techniques, some new ultrasounds or whatnot, new imaging. And I'm like, absolutely, this is your time. So we were able to give them something kind of comparative to to actually being on site. Um, And I think that's important is to constantly have those open communications. You know, this is what we're working towards. This is what we're thinking. What do you think is going to work for you? And have a backup plan. Um, like we, and obviously we'll go all virtual if God forbid something happens prior to June and we have to, you know, we are unable to meet in June.
0: Yeah. I think your point about giving them the podcast, um, is a good point because I've seen, um, many events that, um, are using Instagram or Facebook live, mm-hmm. um, to do some sort of, Hey, at 10 AM, um, we're going live and then you can incorporate your sponsors into that as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a good idea in general. Um, I think it's something people could look at in the future for just incorporating into their events mm-hmm. is some sort of live component um, that sponsors are getting activation in. You know, this this hour is brought to you by such and such.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a great idea. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that whole, using, um, you know, the Facebook Live and the Instagram Lives. Um, yeah, it's phenomenal. There's so many tools out there now. It's kind of hard <laughs> to keep up with everything because there's so many really- Yeah, you,
0: you do need to know your audience and and what where they want, the content. That's the most important thing. You don't have to be everywhere. You just need to be where the people that you want to talk to are.
1: Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) good point. (laughs)
0: um, So uh, this kind of leads to um, uh, feedback from uh, participants. Uh, What kind of feedback have you had from participants? You obviously have both. Um, What what have the participants been saying to you about, you know, your, your event
1: they're appreciative and very grateful for the scrambling <laughs> and for trying to offer it something again, cause this is a, again, this is a race for a cause. So um, they wanna gather, they want to they connect. Um, so they're, they're appreciative. I, you know, It might be different if it was more of an adventure race or, or you're crawling through mud or we're throwing colors on you or something like that, where um, you know, there's not as much a connection to a cause, but since this one is, I feel like we're such a small community that, um, and again, like I said, there's a lot of repeat folks that come back that it's just really important again to keep the lines of communications open with them. And the feedback that we got was that they were appreciative that we, we tried something last year and that we're actually bringing that slice of, of the virtual piece back this year,
0: yeah. So in, in kind of conjunction with that, um, what, what is your marketing plan for this event? Yeah,
1: good. That's a great question. You know, we're doing less. We used to do um, some like television ads and okay. we're, not, we're not, we're spending um, more of our money, like boosting on Facebook, doing more social media. We've connected with a local radio personality um, on mm-hmm. the mic, Mike, Mike King, and he's going to be there and he's doing some ads for us. So since everyone's kind of like, you know, plugged in, um, we're, we're focusing more. Um, yeah. Using all, using all those platforms instead, quite honestly.
0: Yeah. So one interesting marketing technique, and maybe you won't be able to leverage it this year, but you'll be able to build it in the future. With your event being so um, cause and 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 these support teams driven, one thing that you could do is uh, build a Facebook group. Okay. So yeah. time and time again, we hear um, great stories about Facebook groups,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
0: so with you and and you're having kind of a cause that you know people kind of get pulled into under mostly unfortunate situations I think a Facebook group um could be very helpful because you know someone gets a diagnosis you guys reach out to them you give them support but you also say hey we actually have an online support group yeah a Facebook group that you could join it's also another great way for you to you know market your your fundraising events which are so important you know based off what you shared earlier that that's your primary way of being able to do outreach and support
1: so it's just another
0: way to potentially do kind of free marketing, but it's also kind of a network then, you know, if somebody's having a bad day, they can, you know, find someone else who could potentially help them.
1: Right. Absolutely. And that's a great idea. And that, as I'm listening to you, I'm remembering one of our board members who really wants to do a whole lot more on Facebook. And right now we're, we, we could be doing more. Yeah. We could yeah. The
0: only thing that you have to be careful with is that you do need to have someone that's kind of a dedicated moderator, um, mm-hmm. is to make sure that the content doesn't get outside of the bounds. You can set rules for your groups and things like that and have multiple moderators. I don't think you'll have too many issues, but it is something just to remember that, you know, you are dealing with people.
1: Yeah, right, right, <laughs> People right, right. Will,
0: will, will do things sometimes that maybe you're not in line with your goals or values. So a good
1: point, yeah, That's a good point.
0: So uh, when you're putting on events, a lot of events are um, powered by volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're doing an in-person event, uh, are you gonna have volunteers?
1: Yes, we are, and we actually, oh, I don't have one handy here, but um, we bought HCB2 masks, face masks, so all volunteers will be getting a free mask, and um, again, I think in June, it'll be nice to have them when they're actually speaking with somebody, but we don't expect them to wear them 24-7 when you're outside and you're totally distant away from everybody. However, they will have access, each one will get a mask. Um, and we haven't, as we're recruiting volunteers, we haven't run into anybody concerned about volunteering and the virus and that sort of thing. Everyone's again, just happy to be able to plan and to do something, have something on the, on the calendar, if you will, that's outside. Um, we've been targeting more of the cross country teams to see if there's mm-hmm. interest in coming out. Um, some rotary groups as well, to see if they're interested in coming out, obviously past volunteers. Um, the hospital systems that are involved, um, gosh, Bon Secours. I have to tell you, they they bring a trove of volunteers. I mean, there's there was one year that I don't think we could have even had the event if Bon Secours volunteers weren't there. I mean, they were amazing. So they're so community oriented. So again, the sponsors themselves will bring you know volunteers. So um, it's it's always kind of um, I'm always worried as, about the course leaders, the course marshals, because I can't have anybody, you know, um, losing their way or um, they need to be protected, you know, as, as the yeah. participants are on the streets and whatnot. So that's that's what keeps me up at night a lot of times is not having, feeling as if I don't have enough volunteers along the course, but I usually start early, um, our event committee too. Starts early, trying to find those volunteers. the 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 veterans, you know, the, the runners, the ones that know how to work along with the police and know how to how to deal with, um, you know, races. But um, it's it sometimes it's it gets a little nerve wracking when you know we're we're three weeks out and I feel like I don't have enough volunteers on the course. At that yeah. Tip, so, yeah.
0: So, you're do you have a fundraising goal for your event this year?
1: Yeah, we're trying, to, we're, we're rebuilding because last year, um, it was interesting. I saw one of your um, your articles in regards to, I think have, uh, most folks took a hit of about 30% or whatnot from the races last, the races that were on, they took about a 30% hit in regards to income. And that's that, well, that, that interesting
0: with that is um, donations were up.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So, so, and that's kind of this interesting conundrum that we ran into is that, you know, the general entry revenue was down, but mm-hmm. donations were up. Um, And so for nonprofits, donations are super important because there's no cost of goods. You know, you don't have to supply a shirt and a medal or or the cost of the event. Um, So that it was it was an interesting um, stance where, you know, people were very giving um, and and trying to support their favorite causes.
1: Yeah, we did see that as well. We were down about 27 percent last year of our gross income for that for the 5K event. Um, We're trying to get back to 50,000. If we can get back to over 50,000 to gross, I think that's going to be pretty successful. But um, that's our goal, yeah.
0: So how are you feeling about getting to your goal between the sponsorship and just, you know, entries and donations and things like that?
1: You know, right now it's a little bit, um, sponsorships are good, entries it's a little bit slow, but I always have to remember too that folks are just now coming back from spring break. So, and since we're in Richmond, you know, Northern Virginia folks have spring break the week prior than than the Southern half of Virginia and whatnot. And so there's about a two to three week lag where everyone's just kind of like, you know, just getting back into the routine. So we're really careful around that time, not trying to, um, you know, uh, market too heavily around Easter and the spring break, because um, mm-hmm. a lot of people um, are getting just back into work and getting bombarded with emails and whatnot. So I, I can imagine that, especially with the, the sun shining more, that people are going to be, um, you know, more apt to to sign up for all races, you know, by the end of April, May for sure.
0: Yeah, and and communicating, um, you know, communicating closer to events is really important now and spending your marketing budget when you get closer. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of hesitation from um, participants who might be interested because they're concerned that the event may not happen. So um, as you get closer to the event, um, you can ramp up your marketing a little bit and hopefully that will give people some assurances that the event's going to happen.
1: And thanks to um, you all, you all make it really easy. Run sign up, you guys make it easy. Um, We just keep, Just keep registration open. I mean, people can Mm -hmm. register as they're standing in line, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's just, it's it's a lot, it's a lot easier um working with you all. Well,
0: I got one more tough question and then we got easy ones. Okay. So um do you have any other fundraising events or campaigns scheduled after the boxer brief 5K?
1: Yeah, we have our end of the year, um, it's supposed to be our end of the year party. It's the Blue Jean Bash. And so okay. it, it's a party. It's a um, live and silent auction, um, mainly trip related. And um, we partner with an organization called AmFund and they're wonderful and they give away bucket list trips um, where they offer, they don't give it away. They offer bucket list trips to be um, auctioned off. And we usually have it at a brewery and we last year we, it was all online, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting, but it was, we had a good time. And, um, you know, there's music and it, it's just a good time. It's, it's called the Blue Gene Bash, and Gene is spelled G E N E. And um, ah, the yep. color, yeah, the color blue, royal blue, is the color for colorectal cancer. So everybody decks out in their denim and their rhinestones and lay back and chill. Yeah. So that's, that's the last event for h 2 2
0: And so, how are you thinking about that event at this time?
1: Good. It's November 12th. So we've already secured the venue again. And um, they've got a beautiful garage door that's gonna be wide open and they'll have heaters out there. So we'll have um, plenty of ventilation. We'll probably cap it. I would imagine we'll probably cap the event, honestly. Um, but again, folks, there's gonna be a hybrid um, slice to it because folks can yep. participate um, virtually as well, especially with the, with the live and the silent auction. good. Okay. Yeah.
0: So I, I like to have my last three questions be more fun and easy. Um, I call it the teardown right? Uh So at every event you have to clean up and tear down and nobody signs up for that.
1: No,
0: no, no. (laughs) Um, so what is the best piece of advice you've received in regards to events?
1: Oh my gosh, that's a tough one. And it come, it came from Richmond Roadrunners, I would imagine. Um, you know what? I, it it was at the very beginning. It was Bill Kelly. I'm sure you know him from Richmond Roadrunners. Oh, he's, he's one of our main advisors. He's phenomenal. Um, he, at the, when we were first creating the event, he sat me down and was like, okay, is this a race for a cause or is it, is it a, you know, is it, is it beer garden and a good time and you're throwing colors on them, you know, what is this, you know, what are you doing? And that really stuck with me as we then had to make all of these other decisions about what to bring on. We don't bring on a beer garden. It's a race for a cause. It's about colorectal cancer, colon health,
0: Ah, right. Having a
1: cigar and colon health, not, not, not nothing's wrong with that because we have our blue jean bash at the end of the year. Right. But the boxer brief 5K is different. So again, all these other decisions that you have to make. If you can stay true to what are you, we're a race for a cause. It was just it just zeroed us in and made us stay focused. So um I give Bill Kelly all credit for that that advice. Yeah.
0: So what's the funniest thing you've seen at your event?
1: Oh, my girl, my girlfriend surprised me, surprised me um, actually many years um, with their costumes. I didn't even know that they, most of them hadn't even signed up, you know, my good, my best friends of all (laughs) that had even signed up, but they suddenly came in that day and they were all decked out in their thong underwear. Now they had, you know, tights on underneath, (laughs) but um, just crazy, you know, rock star, Pink Floyd t-shirts and funky hair and thongs on and. There, I call them my boxer brief girls and I just, uh, I just laugh. I still, I still laugh every time I, I, I think of those past couple of years where they surprised me with their outfits. Yeah, it was oh,
0: awesome. Interestingly, every single person has answered costumes for those. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I think we're picking up a theme and I may change the question to your favorite costume at an event.
1: <laughs> yeah. um, so yeah.
0: what is your favorite event? It doesn't have, it can be a concert. It can be a, a a running race, triathlon, it can be anything. What is your favorite event to um, participate in?
1: Well, now that I've had two right knee surgeries and I can barely run um, anymore, um, I used to run um, the rock and roll half marathon at the beach. Virginia Virginia Beach, yeah. I just love the music. I love the music, you know, every other mile or whatnot. Um, I'm I'm not into crowds. I really don't like crowds, but for some reason, Um, you know, zipping in there, parking my car, um, you know, on a Friday and didn't even touch it again until Monday. You know, it's Labor Day weekend. Um, and just being at the beach and getting sandy and dirty and running, and it was just awesome. And then jumping in the ocean right after
0: that's that's that is nice.
1: I mean, come on, yeah. So that was probably my favorite event. Now, um, I'm lucky if I could probably even do the 5k, but yeah, we did that at least six years in a row. is a blast. Yeah.
0: Well, that's great. Well, that's all the questions I have today for you, Mindy. I really appreciate you joining us and, and sharing uh, your knowledge and uh, hopefully the upcoming event is very successful.
1: I appreciate it, Brian. Thank you so much.